folks, and welcome to Songs of Our Own, a marital tour through the music that shaped us. I'm your co-host, Lee Strickland. And I'm Al Leone. Well, hey, Al. Hey, Lee. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing so good. It is beautiful here today. It is gorgeous, like 62 degrees, sunny. You can wear long pants, a t-shirt, and chacos. Yeah, and we are inside doing a podcast. We are very much inside doing a podcast, but that uh, won't stop us from getting outside again and being outside. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about the album that you picked today because I feel like nature is just beautiful right now and the album is called Sea Change and I just feel like there's a nice little nature theme there. It makes me happy. Yeah. So thanks for that segue. Um, so yeah, so the album we're looking at this month is from Beck. It is called Sea Change. And C as in S-E-A, not S-E-E, which confused me for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, um, we got you on the right track. So some background info about Sea Change. Um, it was released in 2002. This is Beck's eight studio album. Eight? Number eight for him. Oh my gosh, he's still pretty, well, I guess now he's not a young guy. But when this came out, he was pretty young. Yeah, uh, throwing some shade on old Beck. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw shade. I just was looking at the album cover for Sea Change. And I was like, oh, he looks super young. Like, he looks like he's in his 20s. Yeah, he's in his, I believe, late 20s. Um, he got onto the music scene really early and cranked out a lot of albums, you know, relatively quickly. Um, so like I said, eighth studio album. This was recorded in just two months dang uh beck wrote he says he wrote all the songs in a week okay listen apparently beck is throwing shade at me now because i don't know anything that i accomplish in a week is including making an album full of songs that's my thought too like he's doing stuff in a week that i couldn't hope to accomplish in two years yeah guys got it together he really does um so about his writing process, he said in an, inter in an interview that um, he does this a lot where he'll write a song and just kind of let it float around in his brain until he feels like recording it. So I think his producer may have nudged him a little bit with this. Producer said, um, it's time for you to put these on paper or you're not making money is what you're saying. Right. Um, and so similar to the album we reviewed last month, the Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground. Um, this is kind of a departure from the stuff we've normally seen Beck do up to this point. This is actually a lot, uh, it's a lot more similar to his, I believe his second album um, called One Foot in the Grave. And which number out of his eight was this one? Number eight. Oh, okay then. So yeah, he's released uh, a few more since 2002. Um, but at the time, this was his eighth album, um, and I guess still is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't go back and erase history and be like, actually, we're going to make you number seven. Right. So um, Beck's lyrics are typically pretty cryptic in some of his earlier stuff. I mean, think of the song Loser, right? One of the lyrics is, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, clearly, he's a monkey, Lee. And Beck even jokes about that himself. Um, the 
song Devil's Haircut off of the album Odelay. Yeah. He does a cameo in a Futurama episode, and he says, when I was writing Devil's Haircut, I was feeling really, what's that song about? <laughs> good sign, good sign. So yeah, so he kind of pokes fun at that as well. Um, the lyrics on this album are a lot simpler uh, and more sincere sounding. Um, there are themes of heartbreak, desolation, and solitude. Okay. And he opted for live instrumentation over sampling, which he had used a lot in previous albums. Okay, great. So, yeah, so the inspiration for this album for Beck, he had just ended um, an eight-year relationship. Oh, I wondered. This is a very sad boy album. Yes. So he's coming off a breakup and writes all these songs really quick. And then his record producer says, uh, we need to get you in the studio right now to record these. Mm -hmm. Clearly, the studio producer was really concerned about his mental health at that point and just wanted him to do something to take his mind off the relationship, not, oh, we're going to make a lot of money right now from your sad songs. Right. Studio producers uh, famously known for their human compassion. <laughs> I knew it. I guess some final things about the album. Um, it hit number eight on the Billboard charts and is certified gold. You know, I like that it hit number eight and it's his eighth album. That's just a very nice circle right there. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that. That is a really nice roundabout thing. I wonder if he feels that way about it. Probably not. He's probably like, number one would be lovely. <laughs> so, Al, what were some songs that stuck out to you on this album? Ugh, you know... I think the two that I really liked were um, Guess I'm Doing Fine and Lost Cause. And I think as much as I like Guess I'm Doing Fine, it also just made me giggle because there's that line in there where he's like, you know, only lies that I'm living, only tears that I'm crying. Guess I'm doing fine. And I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, it really reminds me my dad has this saying of, other than that, Miss Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? And I feel like that's just Beck's entire mood in this song is like, everything's terrible. I'm really sad, but I guess I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. And, you know, I could really resonate with that of things are just really hard right now. And like the only thing I can say to anybody that asks me is I'm doing fine because that's, that's literally all I have right now. Right, yeah, those two are definitely two of the songs that stuck out to me as well. Um, and in case you were wondering, those were the two singles to come off of this album. Yes, go me! So, <laughs> once again, Al picks them. <laughs> yeah, I thought Lost Cause was really interesting, uh, again, because of that breakup feel to it. But I was just really proud of Beck that it was like, I see this person and I recognize, um, you know, he has this line where he's saying, um, there you are wearing your wounds, ready to wave your gun at someone new. And I think we all have had those toxic relationships where it's like, okay, I can see the patterns of behavior now and I am just too tired to invest in a cause that's lost. And my question to Beck would be, how long did it take you to get there because for some folks it takes their entire lives and they're still like no no this person can change and you're like oh honey they can't 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's part of the reason that I love this album so much and that it resonates with me so much um, is, yeah, I kind of discovered it coming off of a pretty bad breakup. And I remember, like, anytime I got broken up with, I would just kind of dive into music mm-hmm. as just this way to express these feelings that I was having that I really didn't know how to express myself. Oh. And somebody had put Sea Change on my iPod because we were back in the days of iPod Classics. Oh, okay, good. And you could just, you know, hook it up to somebody else's computer through some um, maybe or maybe not legal means. They could. <laughs> They could take uh, songs from their iTunes and put them on your your iPod. So somebody just gave me a bunch of music. This album was on there. I be- I like distinctively remember them saying, "Oh, don't don't bother with that album. It's just kind of a throwaway album." Y'all, I would just like to pause the motion real quick and mention that we are not encouraging you to steal music or illegally download it on anybody's iPod. And your friend was wrong. This is not a throwaway album. It's just a sad boy album. Exactly. Uh, Pay for your music. It supports the artist and it supports the people who helped make the album. And I think the statute of limitations is up for me on that (laughs) offense. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully no one can come after me for that. Glad we recorded that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I want the world to know. Lee, I do have to say with this album that towards the end, it definitely turned into like 2001 Space Odyssey music. And I was like, gosh, my affinity for this album is decreasing very quickly. Like, do you have any idea why on earth Beck would have such a change in the album itself to go from this like sad, mellow to like oddly jammy and spacey? Um, That's a, I mean, that's a good question question i think that's part of beck as an artist is especially if you've seen live recordings of him or if i've played any while you've been around um he gets into that very like jammy experimentation towards the end of some better known songs like he'll do his part and play you know loser or where it's at but then kind of in the middle section or towards the end he'll get a little jammy and free form mm-hmm. and i don't know if that comes from a place as an artist of just like Ugh, i can't play this song the same way for the millionth time i need to change it up and i also don't know if maybe in the first couple songs he kind of gets everything out and the rest of the songs are still him expressing himself and expressing his feelings over this breakup but he just feels a little more comfortable to kind of sink back into some old habits maybe or maybe this is just a creative process grabbing hold yeah I could see that and maybe it's one of those things where you've been out of the breakup long enough or you felt some of those other feelings that now you can I don't know I feel like when you break up with somebody or you get broken up with there's part of you that changes and can't ever change back. So maybe that's just his transformation process through music is becoming something different, feeling a different feeling besides sad. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I've never looked at it like that before. You can see albums after this. He definitely does take that role of singer songwriter, I think a little bit more. Yeah. And they still have the experimentation and everything in the music that he had before all this, but 
yeah, he definitely, it seems like, has less cryptic lyrics. Yeah. Um, and I like a cryptic lyric as much as the next person, but sometimes I'm like, would you just tell me what you mean? You know, part of me was like, maybe that's why he got broken up with, because he could never say what he was thinking or feeling, and the person was just like, I'm over it. I need clear communication, because y'all, that is part of a healthy relationship. Preach. <laughs> Lee, besides liking those two songs, is there anything else that stands out to you about the album or anything else that you really enjoyed about it? So, Al, for me, um, some songs that stick out besides Guess I'm Doing Fine and Lost Cause, the album opener, Golden Age, mm. I really, really like that song, and I play it a lot by myself. Yeah, that one sounded so much like... Um guess I'm doing fine that when guess I'm doing fine came on I was thinking to myself why on earth did Beck put the same song on there twice yeah that's my thought too there's a great uh, live performance you can find it on YouTube if you just search Beck I think it's called the chapel Mm -hmm. um, or just search Beck BBC yeah and you can find this great like all acoustic um, Beck concert and it's awesome and he sings both songs but I remember him singing this one song and he kind of gets to the end and he gets to this, it's not like yodeling, but it's just kind of this high melodic singing and you have the acoustics of the church mm-hmm. and it's really beautiful. And for the longest time, I thought that that was Guess I'm Doing Fine. Yeah. So I would look up all these versions of Guess I'm Doing Fine to see if I could find him doing this like end yodeling thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't and the song just didn't sound the same. Yeah. And I finally went back and re-listened to this concert he did at this chapel and i was like oh my gosh it's it's the golden age that's why i can't find this because it's a completely different song yeah but yeah they sound so similar so for an album opener i think that that is a really good one it's super hard to beat mm-hmm. uh, other ones that stood out to me uh it's all in your mind which is towards the end of the album um uh, that is a song that beck did uh electrically in 1995 oh wow so a couple years before this in the as they were sitting in the recording studio his producer heard him just kind of noodling around and he played the first little bit of it's all in your mind acoustically and his producer you know ran into the recording studio and was like we have to sing this you have to do this one it sounds so good beck said that it is uh, an evolved song Mm. And it's not a cover or a remake, but it's an evolution. That's such an artist thing to say. I'm evolving. Whatever, dude. So, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's Beck. Like, in that same, I'm going back to that Futurama episode, but again, in that same Futurama episode, they describe Beck, or they describe, wow, they describe Beck as an artist who transcends genres even as he redefines them. Oh. So I've always thought about that, and it makes me smile. That's a line for an award ceremony when he's, like, winning a Grammy or something. Oh, when he's, like, getting a Lifetime Achievement Award or winning an Oscar for scoring some film. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, one other song before we move on that jumps out to me is Paper Tiger. Okay. It's actually the second song off the album. Okay. What would you like about that one? So just through us kind of re-listening to the album to do this show it jumped out at me i in the past have always just kind of skipped it because it's 
after the golden age, but before, uh, I guess I'm doing fine. So I've always just kind of skipped over it. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, listening to it this time, I was like, oh, this is really good. Um, the bass line that's in it is super funky mm -hmm. and I think a little understated, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, and then the orchestra that's in the background that kind of looms there and peaks right when it needs to. And I just think it's a really well laid out song. Yeah. Um, and another cool thing for the orchestral arrangements, Beck actually uh, brought in his father to help. Oh, that is so sweet. So, yeah. So that's kind of a cool, cool bit of information about this album. Uh, I love that it's a family thing. That makes my heart happy. So, yeah, I mean, those are the songs that stuck out to me. That's kind of how I came about finding this album. Um, I guess my final thoughts on the album would be it's different for Beck. Mm -hmm. But I think it's different in a really good way. And it's worth a listen. I don't, I know some artists have like phases that they go through and you're like, oh, that album, you know, don't worry about it. Like there was a phase where Neil Young was trying to get out of a recording contract and the record company said, you still owe us three albums. So he made like a rockabilly album, a uh, like, no, like a country album and then like one other album and the record company actually sued him saying that you knew those albums weren't going to chart. You're just throwing these these albums away. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I think those albums have a place in that artist's history. And, I mean, Beck still plays a lot of these songs. So clearly they still mean a lot to him. Yeah. And, I mean, just because somebody has changed doesn't mean that they don't have value. It just means that you need to find... A different mood to be in to appreciate their music and I think that's what demonstrates a really good artist and that's something that we talked about with the Velvet Underground too like it's okay to be well-rounded and not just be Keanu Reeves all the time like you can have multiple sounds multiple genres that you play into and I think it just helps more people access your music at the end of the day because if you know, when all Taylor Swift was doing was country music, that was her fan base. But now that she does other music, she's reaching other people who want to hear a different sound and making a difference in their lives, too. So I think that is what Beck was doing, was just finding a different need for people. And that's really great. Yeah, I agree. Boy, after doing this album and the Velvet Underground, I'm a little worried that people think that all we're going to review is really slow acoustic singer songwriter stuff <laughs> well lee what album are we gonna do next time so i'm super excited the album that we're going to feature in the next episode is one of my absolute favorites it's yonder mountain string band Ooh, we're getting folksy and it's their album town by town okay so it'll be high pace bluegrass that good old Colorado mountain music. Mm, I'm so excited. It'll I'm, be good. I'm very excited, but to helpfully introduce some folks to that album because it's one that's not to be missed. Okay, wonderful. And it won't be all like slow and similar to Velvet Underground and Beck. It'll be a little different sound. Yes, much different. I don't think the Velvet Underground or Beck 
uh, utilize banjos or mandolin in either of those two albums. <laughs> They're missing so, out. How do you not utilize the banjo? That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> it's a it's a divisive sound, but I think it's a good one. Alrighty, y'all. Well, this has been Songs of Our Own, and until we get to be with you next time, enjoy your own songs. Mm-hmm.